Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Steel Target Paint Podcast. Of course, I'm Jeff Jones, and my partner in crime is... Steve Foster. How are you doing, Jeff? Good, Steve. How are you? Good to talk to you again, my friend. How are things been? Oh, it's been fast and out of control, which is a good thing. That's a good thing. Well, you know, um, the last episode, uh, we, got a, we got some good feedback, uh, you know, talking about new shooters getting into the sport and, you know, what guns should they buy, and, and we talked a lot about that. But a lot of people have questions on how to shoot the stages, and I think you're the man to talk to about that. <laughs> I don't know about all that, but what I, what I have done, and I use my website as a repository for different articles and helpful hints and, and whatnot, and I've been working with a lot of new shooters as well as some experienced shooters doing some training and that type of thing. And so what I did is I took the opportunity to upload. I'm writing a series for USPSA's magazine pretty much on just how to shoot Steel Challenge. Um, you know, I think there's some tips in there for some experienced shooters because I think anytime uh, you're at even at the top of the game, focusing on the fundamentals or the basics makes you better. But really the scope is for more uh, people that haven't done a lot of Steel Challenge or, you know, I was working with a couple of folks here not too long ago that never shot Steel Challenge before. It's like, you know, what do I do and how do I shoot them? And so what I've done is I, I created a page on my website, stevefostershooting.com. Not the Ely website where you buy ammo, because that's stevefostershootingsports.com. So go to stevefostershooting.com, go to menu, and I've, posted all eight stages, just kind of uh, uh, where you can read about it, look at some diagrams and that kind of thing. And then what I did the other day is I, I made some videos. It's kind of interesting to see how my shootings progressed in the last three years. I think the first video was maybe four years ago, and then the most recent one's probably a year and a half or two years ago, speed option. But it's interesting over the course of time how my shootings progressed. But what I did at the time over the couple of years, because I, I don't think there's a lot of good content out there for shooting steel challenge, and I plan to make more, is I've listed a link to uh, my YouTube channel of each of the stages. So if you've never shot steel challenge before or you want to get better, you know, take a look at those videos. But I do plan to do uh, an overhaul of all of them, maybe with some guest appearances by some folks. I know Chris and I have dropped a couple of videos specifically on outer limits to talk a little bit about how we shoot them, a little bit of gear review and that kind of thing. So more to come there, but I figured, hey, you know, let me make a, a centralized place for people to have access to, to this information. Excellent, because you always get people at a match, you know, come up to you, how do you shoot this, you know, and, and you know, I've done the math, and there's only a few, in my estimation, wrong ways to shoot stages um take for instance pendulum you know if you number the plates one two three four across the back a wrong way to shoot that would be one four two three stop basically you know ping-ponging across the center of the stage but quite frankly i've seen just about every other pattern that shoots the two on the right and the two on the left shot successfully by a lot of people so to say what is the right right way to do it is um i think wrong uh i think there are you know 
I'll be honest with you. Everybody says, oh, you got to shoot five to go. One, two, three, four, stop. And you know what? For probably 99% of the people, I would say that's correct. But I have yeah. seen people shoot it backwards and shoot it in under two seconds backwards. Sure, sure. And so to, uh, you know, but stages like Pendulum, Smoke and Hope, they're, they're very uh, symmetric. Um, like I said, outside of ping-ponging, there really isn't a better way to do it. And you have to shoot to your strengths. Um, you know, a lot of people uh, take roundabout. So how do you shoot roundabout? So that, that's a great and interesting question because I just had this exact conversation about this exact stage a couple of weeks ago. And it was, well, Steve, how do you shoot? Well, I shoot it, you know, back front, back front, um, because it's the same array twice. It's one in the back, one in the front, and then I transition, mimic a first shot. So I take my time on that back one, and then it's, you know, it's one, two, one, two, stop. And um, the question was, well, what about if you shoot, you know, if you count that one, two, three, four, how about shooting one, two, four, three, stop? And I said, for me, based at my skill level, it doesn't matter. Um, but for some people, they just feel comfortable with a different transition. And so I got up there and I shot a one, two, four, three stop. And it sounds a little bit different, but you know what? The, the AMG lab, or, lab timer didn't lie. It was within 0 0.02 or 0 0.03 seconds, um, regardless of which way I shot it in, in either order. So I think a lot of it is what you feel comfortable with. And that was kind of the discussion we were having on the range is one of the people that I was working with. Um, is a right-handed shooter, but left-eye dominant, but has a preference to shoot right to left. So starting on the right-hand side and coming back left with pendulum as an example, and that's one of the stages that we shot. And uh, we are doing an exercise shooting the plate rack, and I said, hey, look, you notice I shot it that way? I said, you know what? If you feel more comfortable shooting it that way, you'll, you'll, you will be faster yeah. because you're going to have less of a hesitation. And so play to your strengths. Play to your strengths and and shoot it how you think it needs to be shot. But uh, this is meant to give you just a, a step in the right direction. To, you know, because I, I don't think there's an advantage of shooting plate two first on roundabout. I know there's been a couple people that do. Um, drawn on a close, fast plate like that, uh, I think it's just a tad slower. But, you know, there's, there's many different ways to shoot these stages. And just because everybody shoots them a certain way doesn't mean it's right or wrong. We've had a conversation recently about pendulum, the same thing. You know, shooting at 3-4-1-2 stop or 1-2-4-3 stop or 1-2-3-4 stop. They're all the same, whatever you feel most comfortable with. Absolutely. You know, I'm glad you mentioned, uh, you know, do you prefer shooting right to left or left to right? Because that's a question I always ask people I'm training. Some of them don't know. And the plate rack is a perfect uh, tool to go figure that out. Um, how do you like to transition? And it's interesting, and the reason I brought up roundabout is when people ask me, you know, well, how do you shoot this? Right. My response is, well, what gun? And they think I shoot it the same for every gun, but I don't. Mm -hmm. Because I like to shoot the rifles one, two, three, four, one, two, four, three, stop, if you will. Right. Um, straight right. across. Okay? Yep. Uh, and the reason for that is 
is that as a right-handed shooter standing on the right side of the box, when I'm bringing that gun up to my cheek weld, I'm using the cheek weld as the indicator that I'm on target for plate one. Yeah. And then I'm able to just keep the gun level going across, snap back to the middle. But when I shoot the centerfire guns, I go back to my classic, I like to shoot completely left to right. Now, right, the interesting right, right, thing right. is, what I end up doing is, I, if you stand in the box, the draw on plate one or the draw on plate three is effectively the same draw. They're sure. 15 yards, you know, the, you know you, I know the math whizzes out there are going to go, well, plate one is actually at 16.2 and, and, and plate three is at 15.1 because they're not, it's not 100% symmetric, but it's close enough. Right, 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 for sure. And so I draw on plate three and go three, four, and then transition and then rip down the line one, two, stop for a center yeah, yeah. pistol. Mm -hmm. yep. And so I, I think that's something to consider, uh, our listeners to consider is, is it all depends on the gun. Um, and quite frankly, whether you're a right-handed or left-handed can make a big yeah. difference on how you want to shoot the state. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but understanding yeah, we've what about, we, we, we've talked to him a little bit about that before. I think uh, Tom down in Florida has got an advanced shooting speed option because of that that first shot. You know, absolutely. I think, yeah. And I think maybe that's why Grant Grant shoots that three four. I'm not sure what he does with the rest of it, but he shoots the he shoots the quick one first. Uh, I remember him shooting that. To, uh, he used to until a couple months ago. Oh, has he switched back? Yeah, I, I talked to him at the World Speed Shoot. You know, we talked early on. He's like, man, I just feel like I just want to shoot that. Like, shoot it! You know, if it feels comfortable, shoot it! And uh, over the course of time, um, and he, him and as well as Chris shoot that better than I think anybody out there. But they transitioned the gun so fast, and he felt like his transitions were a little bit quicker going to the, you know, plate number four first and not really stopping the gun coming through. Whereas you have that slight direction change coming up on plate number three. So that's why he made the move and um, seems to be working out all right for him. Yeah, absolutely. You can't, uh, you can't deny a, a 56 and change or 57 and change at the world speed shoot. That was, uh, it was, it was one crazy match this year. That's for sure. And I'm looking forward to this year's match. Um, how oh, many guns are you shooting this year? I think I'm only shooting four or five maybe this year. Yeah, I'm shooting five. I shot eight, but that was a little too much. Um, don't have as much time to spend up there this year, so it's just down to five, which will still be good. And hopefully there'll be yeah. even a bigger vendor area. I really enjoyed that a lot, being able to hang out in the vendor area and, and meet all the different vendors. And, you know, of course, Brian was there in Palmetto State, the, uh, the match sponsor. Uh, geez, who else was there? Chet was there. CWA. CWA yeah. was there. Uh, Titman Arms was there. Of course, that's always fun. Shooting a fully automatic twenty-two is a hoot. <laughs> if that doesn't make you smile, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying, Jeff. Calling it how it is. Yeah, there's some hearing protection folks, and I've heard, um, not my news to share, but I've heard there's at least one or two other companies that are going to participate now that they've got a better defined uh, vendor area. 
um, that are gonna that are gonna spend the money and time and effort to come down to that match. So it's uh, hopefully this COVID stuff takes a backseat a little bit more than what it's been lately. To make sure we don't really negatively impact the shooting season and uh, yeah, look forward to it. Look forward to seeing a lot of people again. Well, you know, I know you're um, pretty much focused ex- only on Steel Challenge. Um, I still shoot a little USPSA, and I tell you that discipline is is hurting. I don't know what our listeners uh, are experiencing, um, but we used to run two matches a week, every week, and get anywhere from 45 to 52 shooters and we've actually had to cut down to one day a week, and we're lucky to get 40 shooters. Uh, wow. Just because people can't get... Most people who shoot USPSA, you know, there's a lot that shoot production ammo, but a lot of them load their own. And it's just yeah. finding components that's the tough part. Right. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see where all this takes us in the next however long. I've seen some videos out there from some uh, ammo manufacturers not sure if they've really helped their case or not, but, yeah, hopefully they make uh, more primers and ammo centerfires specifically available because we all know where to get rimfire ammo, Jeff, but the centerfire stuff, you know, hopefully they release some primers so uh, a lot of folks can uh, can do some shooting. So, yep. Yeah, I was just, I'm just scanning here at the World Speed Shoot, and, you know, it's... I don't want to say it's 100% full because it's not, but it's really close. I mean, even the, um, you know, they've, uh, it looks like Zach has done a good job getting the RO signed up on uh, on Wednesday and uh, definitely filling that, I think, it looks like with uh, some non-ROs, uh, which would be great. Get How many guns are signed up? up? It's tough to say right now because the match is on uh, a wait list. So oh, tell you, I, I mean, it's it's set up to be sold out. Then again, if you know nobody on the wait list, you know everybody wants to shoot on Saturday and Sunday. You can't blame them. Uh, but when you look here, uh, there are no spots open on Saturday or Sunday. That's it's full. Maybe one or two. I take that back as I'm scanning here. I'm seeing a, a Sunday morning spot open, but again, that's got to go to somebody on the uh, the wait list. Yeah. So something else, you know, we talked about, and I want to raise this. Uh, we talked a little bit about it, and uh, I'm just going to bring it up to everybody. Um, I was practicing showdown the other week, and maybe I need to read your your How I Shoot Showdown. Uh, I don't know if that's going to help with that. Uh, with getting me faster. You did well. But, you know, the one thing that was happening to me was I was over driving my first plate. So from the left side, shooting plate one. From the right side, shooting plate four. And what I ended up doing was instead of getting a perfect, grip on the gun and sight picture dead center in the reticle dead center in the uh in the plate uh to to get my position was i actually shifted it so the reticle the or the dot in the reticle was 
in the lower part of the reticle, basically shifting the, the buttstock up on my shoulder just a little bit. And it made a big difference for the gun coming up and, and staying uh, level. And, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about that. Um, and so, you know, have you ever experienced that? We'll share that with the, uh, the listening audience. Like how, you, how you fix how you fix overdriving a plate is it just for you is it just i've got to stay focused and make sure i'm not overdriving is it muscle memory or do you make do you make gun gun adjustments well i, I think that there's a couple things that i do is I, I actually have my dot a little bit further back um on my let's talk about rimfire rifle open as an example same thing with pcc i i don't have it all the way forward on the uh, on the rail or on the receiver. I have it about midway, and what that allows me to do, because I shoot a Vortex Razor 6MOA, which is a fantastic dot, but it has a little bit smaller window, so as I bring the dot closer to me, visually the window looks bigger, and so that's one of the main reasons why I do that. So I try to get up on the stock as much as possible, and that's one of the things that a lot of people... Uh, me and somebody else were talking about this very thing two nights ago, talking about, you know, wood stocks versus the chassis and so on and so forth. And that was me. That was you and me. <laughs> well, I had the same conversation with somebody else, Kurt Grimes, so I'm not going to mention any names. Um, but we were talking about, you know, painting and lasering and stuff like that and just talked about, you know, the adjustability of a chassis compared to a regular stock. Um, but to have a stock that fits you is extremely important because you want to get a good cheek weld. You want everything to move as like a turd. If I, that's, mm -hmm. that's the analogy that Matt Gallagher and I used uh, several months ago. He's like, talk about accelerators. No, no, your upper body's got to move like it's on a turd. You can't get what I call handsy where your hands are out in front of you and your hands are moving the gun and driving the gun. That's not, that's not how it works. It's really the center part of your body that's driving the gun, and your hands just kind of lock everything in place. And so to make sure you have a good fit with your, with your setup, whether it's the stock or the optic and see all the above, is you need to make sure that you're really moving as a turret and not moving or driving the guns with your hands. Because if you start driving your guns with your hands too much, the gun, the dot's not where you expect it to be when you're ready to pull the trigger on a target. So yep. as I'm transitioning from plate one to plate two on showdown or whatever tar set of targets or whatever stage, is that if I stay as a turret, the the, the dot is always going to be square straight in the middle of, of the optic and right on the target when I expect it to be there. Because, you know, if you shoot steel challenge a fair amount, you don't necessarily need to look where the gun is is going to take you because you know the general proximity or use your peripheral vision to, to pick up where the dot's going to be. But it's really key to move your upper body um, or keep your upper body locked with a little assisting from your lower body to transition the gun. But if you get what I call handsy, not in the high school kind of term handsy, Jeff, I think you know <laughs> what I'm talking about. I do, I do. <laughs> but... Yeah, you got to keep everything locked, and that helps keep the gun there. And then, you know, I wrote an article about the Foster effect because it's the same thing is, is where you get that, where your fundamentals break down because you got that panic in the back of your head where everything just starts to, you, you don't feel like you're ever shooting fast enough, and you get that kind of like spastic type 
shooting. No, no, you gotta you gotta be calm and keep the gun flat and transition the gun, and you'll be surprised or amazed how clearly you will see the dot and how low your times will get. And well, you know, you raise a lot point. of a lot oh, of go just ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead, Jeff. Go ahead. I was going to say your 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 concept that you brought up the Foster effect, and that I can remember being at a match and um, shooting with a friend, and he said, "Man, I just tanked roundabout. I'm going to have to get that time back on Smoke and Hope." And I looked at him and I said, "You are about." to crash and burn on smoke and hope as well. And the thought process there was that if you could have shot smoke and hope faster, if you think now you can shoot smoke and hope faster to get time back from roundabout or any other stage, why weren't you shooting it that fast to begin with? Yeah, Um, for sure. You know, you have to, you have to shoot it in your means. We do steel challenge math, right? Yeah. Oh, I got a 175. <laughs> if I do that four times, that's seven seconds. You know? No, no, no. It's okay. You may have got lucky. You didn't have your eye on the dot. You pulled the trigger and just happened to hit plate two on accelerator. Okay. You got away with one. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that, you know, it doesn't mean that you're going to hit the power ball and that's going to happen every single time you shoot a stage. Yep. And, you know, I, we, we all get in those habits. I don't know if you and I talking about it recently. But I got into a bad habit recently with accelerator. For some reason, I always want to shoot plate three, so I shoot one, two, and then I've literally been point shooting plate number four on accelerator and taking my eyes off the dot, getting ready to, to move it to plate number three. That is so dangerous mm-hmm. to do. I've had a fair level of success, but I missed it once. I went, well, why'd that happen? I went, oh, my goodness. Have I really been point shooting plate number four? I mean, that plate's out, what, a 20-something yard, 20 yards, It's maybe? 20 yards, yeah. Yeah, and it's, you know, on the on the diagonal, so it's probably 25 yards away from you. So why are you point shooting that plate? I don't know. And it's, <laughs> you really got to, you know, i just telling you how it is. But you got to keep those fundamentals. And uh, there's a couple people that I've talked about this with recently when we're talking about training situations so on and so forth. You talked about tanking the stage. The number one thing you can do to build confidence while shooting is hit stuff. And what I mean by that is, is that you got to dial that targeted edge dial back and go one for one. Yep. I don't care how slow, how slow you think it is. It don't matter. It does not matter how slow you think you're going to shoot. Say you want to try to shoot 65% because it's something in the back of your head says, no, no, Steve, you want to go fast, go faster, go fast. But a lot of us, we have to fight that, especially if a lot of the promising good shooters have the same issue I do. I never feel like I'm shooting fast enough, and so I, I try to push it, and then I end up actually shooting faster than what I'm intending, and that's when my funnel starts breaking down, and you go over the edge, and you start missing stuff. But if you have a rough stage, the best way, everybody listen to what I'm telling you, the best way to build confidence is to dial that thing back down, go one for one, and then just start dialing it up throughout the set of strings, and you will build confidence because now you're back in control Whereas when you had your dumpster fire, and I need to probably get you out my dumpster fire coin I just made. Did you see that, Jeff? I did. <laughs> That's awesome. So I'll have it with me at my next match. I'm going to toss you the dumpster fire coin. But that's the best way to get yourself back in control because you lost complete control. And people say, well, it's not as fast. It's not as fast. Oh, no, no. 
I've beat a lot of people in steel challenge over the last five, six years because I was just more consistent than them. I'm not as fast as them, and some people think I am, but I'm not. But I'll beat them with consistency. Well, you know, I do a lot. Of, you do a lot of training. I do a lot of training. And I, I couldn't agree with you more. So many times, or even in a match, you know, your level one match, and you just see somebody just having that dumpster fire run. And you just look at him and you say, take a deep breath, just go one for one. And you see them, they'll go out there and they'll do that. And they yeah. look at me and I'm like, how did you know? It's like, all I did was take your mind off of what just happened. Because you can't change it. You yeah, know, sure. you can't make up time on the next stage. You can't change what you shot yesterday. You can't change what the string you just shot. And if you shot it bad, you have to step back, like you say, and focus and get a solid run in. Because right. solid runs, as you've pointed out, can win you matches. For sure. Miss, you're not going to win a match by missing. <laughs> it's just that simple. If you miss, you will not. You know, if you miss a lot, you're gonna you're gonna lose. Yeah. Yep, um, for sure. And you know, it is it is so much. There is so much of a mental game of just. And you know, you can get into the psychology of it all, but you know, your whole concept of first string, eighty eighty five percent. Next string, step it up. Next string, step it up. You know, and, you know, I always tell people, you know, if you're shooting, I think it's very important that people understand what their personal best average string time is when they go to shoot a stage. Right. Okay. Now, you don't have to do the math and go, was I 85%? Was I 87%? It's a relative thing. So let's just say, for sake of argument, your... Uh, your average string on showdown is two seconds. If you get up there and you throw a 179, do not try to get faster. Yeah. You got, you put a good string down. I'm not going to say you got lucky because that 179 is, yeah, it's relatively close, but that's, that's 10% faster than, than a two. Uh, just keep shooting 179s, you're going to walk away with a personal best. Yeah, for sure. You know, um, and yeah, okay, if you keep shooting 179s, and of course, I'll never forget, we've talked about it, you know, the whole, I put four great strings in, I think they were all in the the 1617 range on, uh, on Smoke and Hope at the Georgia match, Yep. and I looked yep. at you, and back. I said, are you going to say it? And you went, watch this. And I said, hold my beer. And I threw like a 1-3 with three misses. Yeah. And what it turned out to be was a waste of five shots of ammo. It yep. didn't help me a bit. If I had just taken one, that worst string out of those four and decreased it by just a little bit, it would have bettered the stage. Oh, it yeah, would have bettered sure. what I had. You know, um, so yeah, it's, it, there's a lot of, of mental preparation and mental preparedness and then mental execution during a match. 
you know. Oh, 100%. I think once you get past your gear and your ammo, make sure you got the right ammo, you got the right gear, and it's set up for you. Once you get that past you, there is technique, don't get me wrong, but when it comes match time, it's 99% of ma mental activity. That's all it is. It really yeah. is. Yep, absolutely. I mean, and I've, I've had... I've had matches where I've just, you know, I should have gotten 10 dumpster coins uh, <laughs> where, you know, I just, I just completely lost mental focus. And, you know, I was very fortunate last year uh, in the senior division, and it was all about mental. It was all just, yeah. you know, I'm not going to be the fastest guy, but I can be one of the fastest old guys. Yep, yep. And that, and you know, I'd open up my, you know, I get up there, I'm shooting PCCI, and I've got, you know, one of the Steel Challenge mag pouches, and I opened it up, and there was a note right there. Every time I opened it up, I read that note, and all that note said was, what's your goal? And yeah. it just reminded me, what are you here for? Yep. Are you here to shoot 195 rounds? Are you here to talk with friends? Are you here to compete? And it's amazing yep. what that stuff can do in, in, in helping you stay, you know, keep your mental prep. Yeah, and we, we, we talked about it before. I mean, in, in all of us have different reasons why we shoot. A lot of us like the competitive side. A lot of us like the family side. A lot of us like so on and so forth. And it's okay not to come in first place. It's okay to be first, class, first place in C class and be proud of that. You know, that's why there's a classification system. Yep. But, but there's a lot of people, there's a lot of reasons why a lot of us love shooting. And I, I do like the competition side, but I also really, really love the people side and getting people into shooting and uh, helping them and that type of thing. So I, I really enjoy it. Oh. So back to the coin real quick, because I'm not <laughs> sure, Jeff, if everybody knows what the heck we're talking about. Okay, explain so that to them. <laughs> so I had this harebrained idea. You know, we talked a little bit about I've got a laser engraver and all that kind of stuff. And I said, because I've had requests to make, uh, like, challenge coins. Uh, somebody just posted a titanium coin that I did for them. But I always had this idea, you know, talking about dumpster fire, because we all know what the heck that is. Mm -hmm. And so I said, you know what? Let's make a challenge-style coin. Um, it's, I think they're 41 millimeters and 4 millimeters thick, 41 millimeters in diameter. And so on one side, there's a stage win with a trophy, and on the back side, there's actually a picture of a dumpster fire. So my <laughs> intent with that is is that you can razz your buddies and uh, toss them a coin and say, hey, do you want to you wanna flip to see what you're going to do or what? And it's kind of funny. I put it out there here a couple weeks ago, or uh, maybe it was last week, and I've had a few people reach out to me that have had custom coins done. With team logos and that type of thing. So, uh, yeah, so if you're interested in one, let me know. But it's, <laughs> yeah, just trying to trying to have fun at the range. You know what I mean, Jeff? Oh, it is it is still fun. You know, we've said it a hundred times. Yes, it's a sport. Yes, you be competitive. But it's a game. It's yeah. a game. And sure. we're going to spend a lot more money than you're going to make at it. Oh, yeah, for sure. For so sure. if you're not enjoying it, why are you doing it? Yep, yep. So, 100% agree. Well, you know, I will share with you that, uh, 
you know, every time I go to the range now, you know, in, in the in the shooting van right there on the ledge is my <laughs> my Steve Foster official vial of uh, of range dirt. And as I get out of the van, I, I touch that every time just to, uh, you know, any kind of good mojo I can take from that when I'm going to either shoot a match or practice, uh, I've got that with me. So. And, and, that's, and that's why you called me and said you're shooting some 1.4s, 1.5s on showdown. It's because of the, it's the hollow ground that you were touching, Jeff. You, you know what? I'll, I'll give you all the credit. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> as long as it goes into my score. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good stuff. Well, we got, uh, I just booked my room for the, uh, the Georgia match. Looking forward to that. Um, it's, uh, it's all sold out on Sunday and it's, uh, slowly filling up for a lot of the other slots. It's, uh, it's going to be a full match here. Yeah, I look forward to that. I guess there's a Florida match here next, this weekend. I won't be able to go to that. Yeah, the Florida That's State down. match is this weekend. I have to pass. We're actually going to run a local match, so I have uh, responsibilities at the club to do that. Um, but, yeah, yeah let's but just see check here. Out, check out scsa.org. There's a lot. I was looking uh, a couple days ago. There's a lot of matches popping up out on the calendar. I mean, if you want to shoot 15 major matches this year, you can do that right now by signing up. So there's a lot of, a lot of big matches. Yeah, I think uh, oh, big matches out there, which is good. I think you know. Uh, I haven't heard of this year um, steel challenge matches. I think people still have ammo to be able to shoot that. Yeah, because um, you know we've talked about that before. A lot of it is rimfire. I mean, yeah, well over half the matches rimfire, if not seventy-five, eighty-five percent. Yeah, you've got. Um, what I think in the in the past three years at the Worlds, um, well, of course one of them is a centerfire PCCO, but uh, if you take PCCO, RFPO, and RFRO, uh, that's half your match right there. Yeah, half your match yep. right there. Um, and and looking at Jamie's match, uh, the. Uh, Let's see, the official name is the South Georgia Steel Challenge Championships. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. your top division is Rimfire Rifle Open. 67 yeah, shooters right now. Uh, yeah. Slightly behind that, Rimfire Pistol Open with 45. And right behind that, PCC Optics with 40. Dang. Uh, and then, you know, your next two divisions after that are... Rifle irons at 26 and pistol irons at 25. So yeah, I mean those are those are your top six divisions. Um, while we're while we were talking, Jeff, I just got a text from Jamie. He said pro rear shipment came in for the match, so a lot of sponsors stepping up to uh, support that South Georgia match, which is great. Nice, absolutely great. Nice. To see. Again, absolutely. if anybody has a company company that wants some uh advertising please reach out to uh reach out to myself and um we'll get you we'll get you signed up sounds good well steve it's always good talking with you 
we said we were going to do this one a little shorter. I think we should cut it off right here, and uh, we'll uh, we'll uh, think of our next topics for our next uh, podcast. What do you think? Sounds good. Oh, hey, Jeff, I can't really talk about it, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. How's that sound? This is your M.O. Yeah. You, you, I, I, I can't say anything, I but. <laughs> Let's hear it. Dro- drop drop the, uh, the mini bomb. I, I can't. Well, let's just say that I've got a company that reached out to me and we're working together and I've got a prototype sitting at my house that could make uh, the range experience maybe a little bit quicker quicker, more efficient for for a 1022. And I'm going to leave it at that, Jeff. We'll leave it at that. Okay. Uh, I mean, I, you said 1022. I was going to I was going to yeah. take a guess at what it was, but uh, that was not what I was going to nope. guess. So, nope. uh we're, we're, I'm sure I know I am, and I'm sure our listeners are, are excited to hear what you've got to share when you're allowed to share it. Yeah, hopefully it works out the way that uh, we think it's going to work out. And, man, it could be could change my range time just a little bit, which is a good thing. All right. But more Sounds to come good. on that, Jeff. More to come on that. <laughs> <laughs> keep, them, keep them wanting more, right, Steve? Make them want to come back. Absolutely. I love it. That's awesome. All right, All right everybody. Well, thanks for listening. Hey, Steve, give them that um, Steel Target Paint Podcast code for the rangestore.net. Yeah, ST Podcast 10 for 10% off everything at rangestore.net. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye.